28 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. My name is Melissa Ellis and I'm joined by my partner in crime, he whose volunteering spans three generations, Ollie Spake. Hello, Mel. Hello. Yeah, guess what I did on the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Did you volunteer? I did. I did. Yes, yeah, with with some good solid help, that's for sure. As you can see, all in matching outfits too. Excellent. We have got a mammoth episode this week, Ollie. We might be pushing a PB, I think, for the longest episode to date on the Parkrun Adventurers. Well, in the spirit of today, I think uh, at least a post-COVID PB, which I think is a bit of a term going around. I hear it a lot and (laughs) I'm proud to have set post-COVID PBs myself. So bring it on. I I thoroughly encourage everyone out there to strive for those post-COVID, that is lockdown, post-lockdown PBs. And for everyone that's still waiting for the return, you've got those coming too. And how was your weekend, Ollie, though? Tell us about it. It was a lovely weekend. It was a highlight on Saturday morning. I was a barcode scanner and uh, I sent you know, my eldest daughter, Hannah, out with the camera. Uh, well, I didn't send her. She volunteered willingly, which um, is fantastic and, and much appreciated. Sent her out onto the course and I sent mum down into the puddles um, so <laughs> after the big wet last week. Sent her down to, uh, to enjoy splashing about in the mud a little bit. And uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm not sure if we saw any gumboots out there. Was certainly on the lookout for some. I may have seen one pair, come to think of it, carrying on the, the fashion sense from last week. But it was it was a you know, fantastic sunny morning. Shell Harbour Park Run, tick. Sunny, tick. Oh, no, hang on, that's Inverloch. But um, <laughs> volunteering, tick. Great fun, tick. And did I see you did an event on Sunday? Yeah. That- you were you were with the Dirty Cheaters. You were hanging out with my mob. I know. It felt a bit special. Um, you know, feel very fortunate. As with Parkrun, to, to go to a real-life event was a little strange. And, you know, to, to go to Run West uh, in Western Sydney, so this was was the second running of Run West, uh, was obviously cancelled last year being at this time of year. And uh, I participated in the 12K event. They had a 4K event as well, but it was a little too hard to turn down the opportunity to, to do a hot lap on the uh, Sydney Motorway and to, to turn out running through the zoo. I was going to say that. It went through the zoo, didn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. The new zoo. Yeah, new zoo. Fantastic little layout there. The animals were all great. And uh, look, one of the dirty cheaters, so I met Mr. Simon Mackley and uh, and Mary, who was also there as well, both dirty cheaters. But Simon in particular did report back uh, that uh, the animals were actually cheering on the crowd or cheering on the runners. So uh, you can't get much better support than that. That sounds fun. But, yeah, pass through Rooty Hill Park Run as well. So it was a trifecta. Did you pass any dirty cheaters in the zoo? Uh, no cheaters. No cheaters. Past lions. Okay. And uh, and cheering gorillas and uh, hyenas. So recommend it. It was, um, it was just, again, quite unique to be back out there in an event. Uh, and of course, you finish up, you, you know, you... you sanitize your hands you whack the mask on and, and sort of get on the bus and head back but uh yeah for that moment you know being out there it was just it was funny to be reacquainted with that feeling mm, after so long but yeah lovely weekend thanks mel what about your weekend how was it it was really good my my weekends are always really good when i do park run <laughs> <laughs> 
and juniors. But uh, yeah, so I headed out to event three of Pakapanyol Park Run in the the closed yes military event. So that was really nice. I caught up with some of my colleagues. At the event, I got my friend Megan out to do her very first park run. Uh, I was a little surprised when she agreed willingly, <laughs> without <laughs> much coercion at all, to, <laughs> to turn up. She lives local to the area and I said to her, I'm coming down. And she's well well aware of my park run obsession through social media. So anyway, she turned up with her daughter Maddie and uh, they were very excited to partake in their first park run, embraced it. Oh, that's fantastic. It was lovely to be back on those trails again, with those trails that were my solace last year when I was there for, an, uh, for a period of time through the stress of the bushfire season. And, uh, yeah, I find that I just find that Aussie bush so very magical and relaxing and, and it and I did reflect on the fact that I think that's why I love Ainsbury so much because Ainsbury is a very similar setting, very similar Aussie mm. bush setting to what is found at Pakapanyo. So mm. it's definitely my place. Look, that's fantastic. You got to in- enjoy that, uh, obviously, given the experiences you've you've had there to see it turned into a park run and to to get to enjoy that and. Yeah, nice, nice to hear that connection with both there and Ainsbury. Yeah, and yeah. my friends, she's keen. She's going to come back, she, and she even put her name down on the volley on the volley roster. Oh. So proud. She's a natural. <laughs> oh, I know. She's hooked. Yes, I've got another sucker hooked. <laughs> Obviously, you've done you've done all the hard yards with your um, uh, sharing of all of your experiences beforehand she was obviously convinced well before then she's introducing me to to um other people and telling them all about daryl oh right <laughs> and ellis pell's park run i was like she was all over it well daryl is a bit of a celebrity let's be honest <laughs> and of course how was juniors on sunday it was good it was our event number 10 happy happy 10th double digits yay <laughs> and we had we had 37 kids so it was a nice crowd Enjoyed their run. We had some celebrity volunteers. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which which celebrity volunteers did oh, we have? They come from that you know that um, park run where it's always sunny. <sighs> the stump park run. Yeah, that one. Oh, yes, I think I think it might have been referred to once or twice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Tok and Jackie were down in the area enjoying other park run events for the weekend, and they very graciously came along and volunteered and enjoyed Ainsbury Heritage Trail Juniors and Toc was the warm-up leader and then they were both marshals out on course. That's fantastic. Good to see them getting out and supporting and getting to experience the, the fun of it. I look forward to sharing that one day. Yes, definitely. We need the Spakes to come and visit us <laughs> as well because we did have a family all the way from the ACT as well. Yes. Two little tourist kids enjoyed their first junior event. We had James and Elise Scarborough visiting us all the way from Wagey Bridge. That's fantastic. Nice to see them getting to enjoy a bit of um, Ainsbury hospitality. Mm. And do you think they'll be back? So I know that they're off to visit Tasmania and on their return, I think they might be dropping in to see Westerfold Juniors on their way home. Oh, great. But I've got I've got another update, Ollie. Oh. So you might recognise this voice. Tell me now. I came 33 today. 33. Elbow bump. 
<laughs> yes, that was Abigail. Well done, Abby. She was back this week enjoying her park run. Sounds like a, a yeah, top result for her. Nice to hear the celebration in there too. Definitely. So with all that excitement, there's also more excitement coming with the imminent return of juniors in the UK. Yeah, it's getting close now. It's very exciting for all of our English park runners and in particular, of course, the junior park runners there. Part of that excitement in the UK, obviously, is is seeing people getting back out. Obviously, the weather still looks fantastic. The spring is spreading. Um, there have been some fantastic running pictures that I've seen over there. But Mel, I believe you got the opportunity to have a bit of a chat with you know part of that excitement about Parkrun over there in the UK. Yes, there was, Ollie. So we had the excitement of the book run relay occurring this week, and that was a book that made its journey from one end of England to the other for its official launch, and I had the pleasure of interviewing the author of that book, Eileen Jones. So let's listen to that now. Fellfoot Parkrunner and the author of a new book, How Parkrun Changed Our Lives. Welcome, Eileen, and thank you for talking to us today. It's wonderful to be talking to you, Melissa. It's really exciting. Well, firstly, Eileen, for our audience, can you tell us how did you first find Parkrun and what was it that made you keep coming back? Um, Well, I I was a runner for um, a long time. I used to do what they call fell running, um, the, the mountains, the small mountains in England are known as fells. And I used to run up and down those and race up and down them years ago. And then, you know, over over time, I got slower and slower. And the racing part of it stopped being fun because I was so far off the back of the pack. I, you know, there was nobody around me to, to race against. And I started to feel embarrassed for the poor marshals who were standing around on the on the summits waiting to ch- check me through. You know, and sometimes I get timed out anyway. Um, so I, I've always carried on running on the fells. Where I live now is just beautiful hill country. Um, but I was missing being part of something. And then my sister, who lives near where we grew up in a part of Manchester called Heaton Park, um, she was a, a born again runner. She didn't even start running till she was in her fifties, and she's now absolutely amazing. She's still winning everything in her age category, and she's a far better runner than I ever could have been. Um, wow. She discovered part run in Heaton Park and told me about it and said, "Why don't you come along?" And I was absolutely thrilled to bits. You know, there were maybe two or three hundred people in those days. It's quite big now, but I was part of something. I wasn't last. Nobody's ever last. There were people I was, you know, having a bit of a jostle with. Can I get in front of them? And, oh, this is fantastic. So I carried on going there. And then I discovered there was one north of where I live here in the Lake District. And after a year or so, started to make inquiries about finding uh, some parkland here. Um, And, of course, it's very hilly country and quite tricky. There's not a lot of open space that's not really steep and got, you know, precipitous drops and so on but we found um it's a country park at the foot of Windermere which is England's largest lake and uh, it's owned by the National Trust and we worked with them to set up park run there in 2014 so I've been a member of the core team there ever since 
But also, um, because my sons at the time were both living in London and I was going down there a lot, I started doing some London park runs and met um, Louise Ailing, who was the who started the whole park run tourism thing and discovered that tourism was a thing. I've heard of Louise. Yeah. On Weekly Timed. Yeah, she used to help present it with, with Vassos. Yes. yes. So I, I met her and we became friends. Um, and then I just thought, oh, this is great because now I can achieve something. I'm not getting any faster. I'm never going to win anything. But I can tick things off and I can reach milestones and targets and I can do 20 different part runs. I can do 50 different part runs and all the silly challenges, you know, pirates and um, hmm. staying alive and all of those. So it's been an absolute joy. I've, I've carried on loving Fellfoot. It's about a, a 20 minute drive from where I live. And then last year, just before lockdown, I helped set up a new one here in the village where I live in Ambleside, that's called Rothay Park, um, which I will do occasionally, but my heart is still at Fellfoot. It's where my parkrun family is and where I just love the people. I love the course. Um, and uh, Paul Sinton Hewitt has agreed to come and run there in the summer. And I'm saying this publicly on a podcast. <laughs> I can't now back out, but um, I met him and Joe the other day and they said they just bought a camper van and yes, they'll come up to the lakes in the summer and do Felfoot. Oh, wow. That's pretty exciting. So I did look up Felfoot. I saw they're up to 265 events. Can you describe the course for us? Yeah, it's a very, very attractive course. It's two laps of a, of a huge meadow which sometimes has sheep or cattle grazing in the mid middle of it, lots and lots of beautiful wildflowers, with the lake, the foot of the lake alongside at one side of it. And in between those two laps, there's a, another loop at the top end of the park on gravel paths. Um, little bit of hill, we call it Cumbrian Flat, because here you know, we're used to very steep hills, so the, the hills <laughs> are not really significant. The problem is um, that in the winter, the meadow and the, the run out to it gets incredibly boggy. And in fact, it becomes unusable. So we've created a winter route, which is just using the gravel paths at the north end of the park. And it's quite interesting. Our event director is a guy called Ron Edington, and he has got a great imagination and created this fantastic course. It's probably, you know, it's a tiny space, but it loops round and round and you do four laps of it and you keep passing people going the other way and going round and it's really sociable. You have to be very careful to count. I always take a finger out of my glove each time I go round a traffic <laughs> and, and then I know how many more laps I've got to go. So it's two very, very different courses, summer and winter. Yeah. Both of them delightful. And I looked up, you've done 260 events. I have, yeah. And 104 different, so you've done your cow. Yes, that was exciting. And I also looked up whereabouts you are in, is it Cambria? Cumbria. Cumbria. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's roughly for, to put it in perspective for us over here, down under, the middle of UK, kind of level with the Isle of Man? Yeah, a little bit higher up than the Isle of Man. We're just below the Scottish border. So the right. north part of Cumbria actually hits the, the border with Scotland. So I'm probably about an hour and a half drive from, no, maybe less, maybe, yeah, about an hour and a half drive from the Scottish border here. Um, and we're in the northwest corner of England. Okay, so the book, 
how Parkrun changed our lives. Would you like to tell us how did you get the idea about writing the book and what motivated you to write it? <laughs> um, well, I'm a storyteller, Melissa. This is what I, I'm a writer. Um, I've been a journalist all my life. I've only written one book before that was a long time ago, but I write articles for magazines. I have my own little public relations business. So I write things for my clients. I write blogs for their websites. Um, but I'm a, I'm a storyteller by nature. So I would go off to all my part room, doing my part room tourism, and come back to Felfoot and tell the gang there all about my adventures, you know, where I'd been and what the course was like and the people that I'd met and how wonderful was the bacon sandwich in the cafe. Um, <laughs> and they used to say, oh, you should write all this down. You should write a book about it. And I'd say, no, no, it's been done. You know, Deborah Bourne wrote that encyclopedic book, really, about the history of Parkland. And I haven't got time, you know, and I've got to earn a living, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, a year ago when the pandemic hit, all the businesses that I represent closed down. And very abruptly, I had no income and very abruptly, I had time on my hands. Um, and at first, it wasn't so bad. It was a beautiful spring. And so I, I took the opportunity to go and do a lot more walking and running. But I, I have to be busy. You know, I have to do something. Mm. And my younger son kept saying, write another book. You know, you should write another book. And one morning, I just thought, yeah, I've got it. I woke up with the opening sentence of chapter one, which is about is part run. Um, a new religion can it be seen as a as a new religion the way that we all gather together and, and celebrate and congregate together and it, it, once I got the first sentence the rest came easily as a writer I've always found that's all I need is the opening sentence so I it was a, a it was a Sunday morning and I got up really early and sat down and started typing and within an hour I got a couple of thousand words down and I thought eh, I'm going to do it um, wow. and the rest it was just so easy I started to talk to people. I started off because of the religion theme. I started tracking down vicars and clerical people who who park run. I found most of mm-hmm. them on Facebook, and there's there's loads of them. And, and then the more I looked into it, the more it was apparent that park run was helping people in sort of spiritual and mental ways as well as physical. So I did a lot of research by putting out calls on Facebook among the tourist community. And I had an immense help from a very good friend called Rebecca Robinson, who um, she's a doctor based here in England. But she went on holiday to San Francisco and she set the, a new women's record for part run at the Chrissy Fields run. She's 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 run for England. She's a, f- a phenomenal runner. OK. And I was talking to her. And as I say, she's a doctor and knew lots of people who'd done research about the benefits of park run. And she, in about a space of about 20 minutes, you know, I filled a notebook with people. She said, mm-hmm. oh, you must talk to so-and-so, you must talk to so-and-so. Um, so that moved on the whole um, health and well-being aspect of the book. And at some point I got in touch with PSH and said, look, I'm going to do this and I'd really like your cooperation. And he said, yeah, yeah, what, what do you want? So when I wrote the chapter about him, I sent it to him to check that it was okay, that it was on the right lines, and he just sent it back and said, yeah, you've captured it all beautifully, which gave me a lot of confidence then to to carry on. And it was it was just a joy. Every single sentence that I wrote was a joy. I was writing about this thing that I love 
so much. Um, and everybody wanted to help. Everybody wanted to cooperate. Everybody wanted to tell their stories. And their stories are wonderful ones. They are just uplifting and inspiring and funny. It, it was not difficult to write. It really wasn't. Do you have a favourite story in the book What or, or a couple that stand out that uh, you would like to share? Yeah, lots really. But um, of our group at Fellfoot, um, we had this couple who came along to the inaugural event, Conrad and Josie Slater, and they take turns each. One of them usually volunteers and the other one runs. In Josie's case, she normally just walks now. But they have been absolute stalwarts. Um, they are 85 years old. Oh. And when they celebrated their diamond wedding anniversary a couple of years ago, that's you know being married for 60 years, mm. they ran the, the park run together and crossed the finishing line holding hands. Oh. And, you know, they just are so full of joy and, and, and love and they, they love being there. They love coming to the cafe afterwards. And they love the fact that all the younger people just include them because they're part runners. It doesn't matter what age they are. That epitomises it, doesn't it, really? Absolutely does. Yes. And then a guy I haven't actually met, I've only spoken to him, but I will look forward to meeting. A lot of these people I couldn't meet in real life, of course, because mm. I was writing this during the pandemic. Um, a blind chap called Dave Williams, who just sounds like the most positive and enthusiastic person you can imagine. Um, and he told me his story about how he took up running and, and lost loads of weight and got lots of confidence. Um, and he has a guide runner called Rebecca. And Rebecca is dyspraxic, and he said she sometimes can't tell her left from her right. So he said, between us, we're a right pair. So <laughs> when do we ever get round the course at all? So stories like that, you know, that make people laugh a little bit. And um, Oh, and then a guy up in the northeast who runs with his twin sons in a, in a buggy, and one of them is autistic and likes lots of bright colours and likes dressing up. And so they dress up every week in different costumes. And this boy nearly always throws his shoe out of his pushchair and his dad used to go back and pick it up but then now he doesn't bother because he knows somebody along the way will, will pick the shoe up and return oh. it to him at the end of the room. just you know families doing it together one of my friends who is um a fell running champion a guy called ben abdelnor and he went along thinking what on earth is part run going to do for me you know I, i've got the mm. fells on my doorstep i can run up and down hills he does, you know, literally run up and down hills before breakfast. And he got absolutely hooked the first time. He thought, this is great. And he found himself being beaten by 12-year-old kids. <laughs> <laughs> I could, not that it matters, you know, gritty yeah. teeth. And, and he, We've he, all had he that experience. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, at, at, every, at every end, you know, every age range, every ability range, there's just wonderful, wonderful stories. Yeah. I don't think there's many other organisations where interaction that can span so many generations can happen. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, it, yeah. that's what Parkrun's really unique. Yeah, totally. You know, so um, people, you know, over 65 can be, you know, enjoying the company of, of um, you know, under 11s. Oh, yeah, yeah. And mixing and interacting and, you know, that just doesn't usually happen in different. Oh, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I can't think of any other field of life where people come together 
like this and so regularly. Mm. And, you know, you get, you get people going to music festivals, you get people who go to theatres. Yes. But these people also like music and they like theatre and will do that as well. But they come together from all different walks of life and with all different backgrounds. And, yeah. you know, you, you can be running alongside somebody for weeks and weeks before you realise that they're a great musical theatre fan, Melissa, <laughs> Melissa Ellis. <laughs> I saw your, your profile picture was that green face and I thought, uh-uh, here's somebody who likes musicals. Yes. So, oh, can I quickly tell you the story about that? Yeah. <laughs> Please. During our pause here in Australia, I created my own home park run and every week we would have a different theme and it basically was to keep us um, motivated as a family and And I've got an 11-year-old so that engaged her every week. It gave her something to look forward to because she was stuck at yeah. home studying, oh, yeah. very isolated and so but every week she knew that mum would sort of make this theme, do a dress up, buy some fun food, and it gave us something to look forward to every week. And, and we'd come together as a family as well. Anyway, so one week was Wizard of Oz theme. And we were we, our restrictions were at a level where I was allowed to have five people, I think, visit my home. They couldn't come in, actually. Yeah, we yeah, were just allowed yeah. to gather in groups of five. So uh-huh. I had some local friends and I said, hey, you know, do you want to come and do my home park run with me? We were restricted to, I think, a 20-kilometre bubble at the time. Yeah. So they could travel, and but they couldn't come in my house. So we, we had a brunch on my driveway and we all dressed <laughs> up as, as um, characters from Wizard of Oz and I was the Fantastic. Wicked Witch of the West. And, yeah, so you know, 8 o'clock in the morning we're walking our streets, we're getting trucks tooting us as we walk down. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. It's silly, you know. Oh, it's wonderful. But I was posting on social media every week and actually got people saying, we love seeing your pictures every week we really look forward to it oh yeah oh absolutely yeah Yeah. I think that's the kind of thing that's kept us all sane through throughout the pandemic that's wonderful yeah it's just hanging on you know and it's hope yeah yeah yeah. anyway so the book relay 330 mile relay to mark the launch of your book Uh, we know Paul Sinton Hewitt wrote the foreword for your book but how did you get the idea for the relay well I wanted to launch the book. And of course, the the traditional way to launch a book is to have a a signing in a bookshop. And of course, there's no bookshops open. I did think while I was writing the book that Parkrun might start by the time I published. And I did actually think at one point that it might even coincide, you know, the publication date might coincide with the startup of Parkrun. Um, and then it became apparent that wasn't going to be the case. But I'd, I'd been thinking, oh, it would be great to have a book launch at Bushy Park Room. So I'd got this notion in my head about the book being at Bushy. And when we realised, you know, it was going to be a lot later than than March, I just thought, well, we'll take we'll take the book there. And the obvious way to take a book is if you're a runner is to run with it. So <laughs> the problem was, if you're going to organise an event, you have to have a date for that event. And the book hadn't even gone to be printed at this stage. So it was due to go to the printers. It was being printed in Poland, and I knew that it would take about four weeks. But we were in the middle of a pandemic worldwide, and we just got all the problems to do with Brexit and, you know, transportation of goods to and from Europe. So I was a bit anxious that whatever I organised, the book might not actually be here in time. But I did want to get it organized and and give people a date to work towards so in the end we decided to set off on Friday the 19th of March and the book 
arrived 17 days before that. So I was able to say to my team, hey, we've got a bat on. Um, So what I'd done, um, I got a friend to devise a map for me because I knew where Bushy Park was in relation to where I am. But then, you know, that's driving down a motorway. Mm. I had to get a route that was doable for pedestrians. So a friend created a map and we divided that map into seven sections, one for each day and decided there would be no overnight running. Mm. I think the longest section was 60 miles. And then I have a friend called Eve Taylor, who is quoted in the book. She's a park run ambassador a bit south of here. So because she was south of my area, I thought, well, I know I can get runners in my own area. They were all friends who took part here. Then Eve started to work on the next two sections of the country. And then she put out calls and I put out calls on social media. And eventually we ended up with a team of seven people to coordinate each section. So that meant I could delegate and each local area organizer knew their locality. So they had this map. We had to say, because of COVID restrictions, that no more than two people on a leg. Mm. And you can only run, there isn't a definitive ruling about how far you can go from your house for exercise, but you're supposed to stay in your own locality. Mm. So people could only run if they were relatively near to the route. So lots of people wanted to do it, but really just didn't live close enough. But it was great having the local organisers because they knew exactly where different parts of the route were. <clears throat> Excuse me. We didn't want to have um, exactly 5K. I mean, that would have been fun, but mm. it would have been very, very unwieldy. We'd have had so many runners and we would have been stopping and starting in the middle of nowhere, perhaps beside a busy main road or something. So it was just looking for venues which were natural changeover points, you know, a a village square, a town centre, a church, a a car park. And then people volunteered to run different distances, you know, 10, 11 miles or even just one mile. And somehow or other, we put the whole thing together. And then just before, it was about a week or so before we were due to set off, a guy called James Thurlow, who has a, a tracking business, offered the loan of a GPS tracker. So we were able to create that interactive map, which was a very cohesive feature, to be honest. It really brought the whole community together in different parts of the country so that everybody could watch the progress each day, following this little dot moving down the map and seeing where the book was up to. It must have really given people, you know, a lot of enjoyment to to be a part of it, but then to, you know, be invested in the journey. Oh, Melissa, I cannot tell you how astonishing and how humbling it has been that I knew people were oh yeah we're happy to sign up and do this they were overjoyed I saw so many photographs of smiling faces I got so many messages back saying thank you so much for letting me be part of this and I said thank you you know you're the one that gave up your time you're the one that went to all this trouble they just loved being part of something again it's Mm. been missing from their lives and it means that you know, Park Run really is about community and being together. So I felt as if I knew these people, you know, I was 300 miles north of where they were, but I was invested in their performance and their ability to turn up and do what they were going to do. And there wasn't a single hiccup along the way. Everybody turned up and 
nobody got lost and everybody handed the book over. We we designed, a friend of mine, Joe, customised a little backpack with the Part Run logo on it so that we put the, the book was inside that and the tracker was taped onto the shoulder of it. And then that was, the baton was handed over. Lovely. And passed along the line. And the, the person who took the book home at night, at the, the last leg runner each day, had to switch the tracker off and then switch it on again in the morning. <gasps> and so when, we, I, I because I'm working to promote the book on behalf of the publishers, I, I'm officially allowed to travel. So I went down to London to see the finish and I was in Bushy Park, met Paul and Joe for the first time, which was, you know, exciting in itself. Oh, yeah. And we were watching the, the progress of the last leg runners, Chris and Sophie, who were getting closer and closer and we were following on the oh. map and we could see where they were. Oh, they're in Twickenham, oh, they're nearly at the park gates. And then the entrance to Bushy that they came in is this long, very, very long straight pathway leading up to the fountain in the middle of the park. And it, it was just spine tingling. You know, we could see them in the distance moving towards us. And uh, and when that rucksack arrived, you know, and, and it was placed on the ground so that Paul could pick it up. And the, the point where they put it down was the original start line of the very first Bushy Park run. Mm. Um, it was just magic. And I, and I couldn't believe that these people had all come together to create something like this. It was just wonderful. And you created that. Yeah, we created it. I mean, okay, I had the idea, but, you know, it's all very well having a grand idea. Oh, yeah, it takes a village. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, fabulous. One thing I was wondering was any of the people that you interviewed for the book that are, you know, the stories, were any of those people part of the relay? Mm, yes, they were. Um, a vicar or a curate, um, he's a, at a church in Lancaster, which is south of here, a guy called Matt Gilder. And uh, he was one of the clerical people I interviewed in the book. Uh, his story is a fascinating one. And I got in touch and said, day two of this relay is going to start in Lancaster. Are you interested? So he was thrilled, of course. Mm. So he got his dog collar, his clerical dog collar, and wore it underneath his apricot vest. Um, and he set off on day two. He ran 11 miles. I did say to him, do you want me to come and pick you up at the finish and drive you home? No, no, I'll run back. I'm training for a marathon. <laughs> so he he passed on to, I can't remember who the next runner was that, that day. Um, Eve Taylor, whom I mentioned, the ambassador, she was one of the final day runners, I think, day three. Who else was there that I'd already met and interviewed? I don't think there was anybody else that had actually appeared in the book. Obviously, on the on day one, um, a lot of my Felfoot colleagues were there, so they do appear in the book. Yes. I was running on leg one with a, a, a woman called Sally Ann Lambert, who sadly has been stuck on 99 park runs for a whole year she and I were going to go away to Wales to do her hundredth and it had to be cancelled because of lockdown yeah so she was on um she's in the book um Joe Jackson who has been my companion every Saturday through lockdown we've run from a different bridge somewhere and done a not park run together uh she was on one of my legs and then Karen White and Andy Leatheran from Fellfoot, an amazing fell runner, a legendary fell runner called Selwyn Wright. He ran 
a section. Oh, we also had on our first section a world champion, um, a friend of mine called Sarah McCormack, who is currently the world mountain running champion. And she ran one leg with her partner, Paul Tierney. And he's an interesting uh, ultra runner. He set a new record. In the Lake District, there are 214 mountains which were catalogued by a writer called Alfred Wainwright many years ago. And he wrote wrote seven guidebooks, divided the mountains into seven sections. And um, people try and do all of them. It took I did them, them over 42 years, you know, eventually. Mm-hmm. Paul set a new record for running the whole lot in just over six days. And I was part of his support team for that. So it was really great to have him on on the squad for day one as well. Wow. I think I saw them. uh, There was some television uh, media with you starting the race. So I I saw that. I watched that. Fantastic. Yeah, that that was brilliant because um, Fiona Marley Patterson, who is the TV reporter, she's also a runner, so she actually ran yes. a mile on, on, on day one. That was brilliant. Um, and, yeah. and thank you, Pippa. Thank you, Pippa White, for sending me that uh, link to that footage. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, Eileen, did you take an extra book to get uh, PSH to sign for you? <laughs> what a good idea. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, I did have a box full of books in the boot of my car when I drove to London. I I take them everywhere just in case somebody wants to buy one. And I did think perhaps we ought to have a spare one with us in case the one that's in the backpack is damaged. But then in my excitement, I didn't take it with me into the park. Mm -hmm. And yes, what a great idea. I should have got, I should have taken my own copy and got Paul to sign it. So there's a good idea for the (laughs) summer when he comes up to Belfast. Thank you for that. How can our listeners get a copy of this book here in Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, uh, I guess the easiest way is to do it on Amazon from from Australia. If you do it, do, can you buy books through Amazon? I mean, I'm assuming that the Amazon yeah. is a global. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have an Amazon AU as well. so You can order it from the publisher themselves. I imagine the cost would be quite it'd be quite expensive I don't know how much it would cost via Amazon however if you wanted to have a look at the Gritstone Publishing website um, it's just Gritstone Publishing there is a link to the book there where you can order it and if it goes through Gritstone um, then you get a signed copy but obviously I'm not sure how much the postage I think I sent one to Canada last week and that cost an extra 10 pounds or something to post i have sent one to alison because alison and i are doing a, a book swap I because know. she's about to publish her book and i didn't know she was doing it and she didn't know i was doing it and we've only just met on on social media in the last few weeks and i just think that's the most wonderful serendipity that we were doing it at the same time it is so i'm really looking forward to hers when hers will be published in a week or so i think yeah eileen there's one last thing we like to ask all of our guests not including your home park run, yeah. can you tell us your top three favourite park runs and why? Ooh. Right, okay. Um, number one, without a shadow of a doubt, is in uh, the south of England on the south coast in Cornwall, and it's called Mount Edgecombe. And I write about it in the book. It, it was the most beautiful day. I'd, I'd organised a little holiday for myself traveling along the south coast with a part run at the beginning of the holiday and a part run at the end of the holiday because mm-hmm. why else why else does one go anywhere of these course. days um, and everything about it was perfect the weather was beautiful you take a little ferry across an estuary 
uh, and land in the grounds of a beautiful stately home. And the route suited me as a hill runner. It went very, very steeply up through some beautiful woodland. You came out of the trees with this view of, of Plymouth and, and the Drake's Island, and then the most glorious fell runner's descent through the woods. And everything about it was perfect. I think my second favourite is another hilly one, the hilliest in, in the UK, probably the hilliest in the world, um, at Winlatter Forest, also in the Lake District here, maybe about uh, 20 miles from where I live. And it's got the most ridiculous amount of ascent. It actually starts at a, a point lower than the finish. And the first half mile is all downhill. So you can imagine what the rest of it's like. Mm -hmm. But it is be beautiful. The, the scene is one where runners often stop as they come out of the trees and see the view of the mountains. They stop and take photographs. And you know, you're, nobody's going to get a PB on, on Winlatter anyway. <laughs> it's so It's just so extreme. Number three. Oh, there's a hard one. I did love very much one on the east coast of England, near a place called Bridlington at Sewerby Hall, where you run out along the cliff tops and then also around the back of a stately home. I like I like thing park runs that have got a bit of different scenery. I, I like very much the London ones, Brockwell Park, Tooting Common, Mile End, Gunnersbury. Um, I have done bushy, of course. And this, this week, when this week when I've been down in London, I was staying overnight in Teddington, just near the entrance to Bushy Park. So, of course, yesterday morning I had to go and run five k around Bushy Park. Yeah, why? Well, yeah, I mean, it would be rude not to. So I could go on for, forever listing ones that I've loved. I don't think there's there's only been one I didn't enjoy, and that was where I twisted my ankle or pulled my Achilles or something part way through and it was just a, an agony to get to the end and I had to get to the end because I was on target to do you know 50 parts or whatever it was um so I had to finish it but it was really painful um but otherwise every one of them has been utter utter joy Oh, that's fabulous. Well, thank you very much for spending the time to share your your book and your journey with us, Eileen. It's been really engaging to hear all about it. Half an hour isn't enough time to talk to you. So hopefully in the future, we may get another chance to have a chat. But thank you so much for coming on to the Parkrun Adventures. Thank you, Melissa. It's been an absolute pleasure. It was great to hear um, such a fantastic and inclusive approach there, Mel, to something that's clearly been a big part of people's lives and um, you know, to see it over there in the UK. That was lovely. It was, yes. Thank you, Eileen. Yeah. I really enjoyed having a chat with you and seeing the journey of the book all the way from one end to the clutches of PSH. Yeah, very fitting, very well coordinated. And look, it really does show people's desire to be a part of, of something that you know, clearly means a lot. To see that level of support is just amazing. Well done. I want to get myself one of those backpacks. I'm wondering what Eileen did with that backpack. I hope you kept it, Eileen. It's got to go in some sort of um, parkrun museum, I think. Going yes. Going down in history. 
is there a parkrun museum? Surely someone's got a parkrun museum. No, I don't think so. But I know I know Danny says that he Danny talks about it a bit. Yeah. He's collecting things for one. Mm. But I don't think it's been started yet. I don't know that I'd have anything to contribute. <laughs> Daryl. Well yeah, Dazza can make the Parkrun Museum. No to Danny. Go and go and get the backpack. I'm sure Eileen would love to share it. She might not be giving it up. No, that's true. Speaking of Dazza. Yes. We had lots of people come to Dazza's Cafe this week. Yeah, a bit of a crowd, wasn't it, Mel? It was. A standing room only. So we heard from Helen Jane Davies, who said, It was lovely at St. Peter's. Lucky we'd chosen that one. A centennial got cancelled due to flooding. It was nice to catch up with parkrun friends for breakfast after they'd been to Greenway Parkrun. Some nice parkruns there. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, hopefully a few of those parkruns are covering from the floods. Fingers crossed. I was speaking to someone from East Richmond at Run West who uh, only as of Friday, I think he was saying he was actually able to to get out. And so I was thanking his lucky stars he was able to make the event. Oh, okay. Yeah, with slightly less water but still continuing the theme, Mel, Mark Scarborough. We woke up in Melbourne with the sound of rain on our caravan roof. Thankfully, the rain stopped right in time for parkrun at Laylor. Excellent. And Andrew Turner, timekeeping at a damp Maribyrnong today where a certain Scott Trickett was in attendance. <sighs> Another sighting. Yeah, I know. He's getting around Melbourne at the moment. Yeah. It was an event 23, so I was just wondering if he's working on his P-index. Maybe he's playing the long game. You know, there could be a couple of synergistic goals that he's working towards there. There, Mel? Yeah, he's a man of mystery. Yes, all right. Well, Melbourne, keep your eyes out. <laughs> Alison King. I went to, uh, here we go. Sorry, Alison. Taranga Park Run in the Sunny Bay of Plenty. Had to stop in at the Whipped Baker for refreshment. My gosh, that was an incredible looking bakery. There was uh, plenty on offer there. No ice creams this week. No. And I think, hang on, Ollie, I made a note. I made a note. Where's my note? Something about, oh, the longest run. Yes. The reason they didn't include their seventh event would have been because it was another two-hour drive to get to event number seven. That's why they didn't include it. I think that's a very fair reason. <laughs> I think they would have run out of time. You Look, you've always got to have another challenge to level up for next time. That's something they can look forward to. And Kirsten Louise Russell, Rocks Riverside, where the sun was shining and the chats were just what I needed. So glad to hear the sun was out where you were, Kirsten. Beautiful parkrun course, that one. Jenny Reedman tried out my new pineapple-coloured 10th birthday of parkrun in Australia ID band at SS Cooper Trail Parkrun and bagged my 11 on the Wilson Index. Now I'm sitting on 18. That's a level up and, and nice to see the wristband make an appearance there. Yes, that's great. And, yeah, 18's not a bad number for a Windex. But, uh, yeah, Zoe also received her pineapple-coloured mm-hmm. wristband. It's yet to be used. She was a no-show uh-huh. this week at Park Run Bar. Okay. It's going in the suitcase for next weekend's holiday. Yeah, it needs a sunny location. <laughs> yes. And Jackie O'Connell, Victorian statesman again at Pepper Tree Park Run. Nice run playing leapfrog with Brian Allison, who was doing a walk-run program. He could run a lot faster than me, but I kept catching him on his walk breaks. Thanks for the encouragement to sprint to the last section, Brian. Nice. Well done, Jack. Statesman again. Congratulations. That's impressive. And then Amanda O'Reilly adventured to my home park run at Westerfolds. First park run there in 12 months. Was great to run those hills again. There's always something nice about coming back to your home park run, Ollie. Especially if there's a hill or two. (laughs) And Bill Eldridge, I took my wife out for her first ever park run at Mawson Lakes and we had so much fun with so many friends with us. I like Mawson Lakes. I was there on New Year's Day. Val Warwick, yes. 
Molly Marshall and photographer at home, Devonport. We began in pouring rain after a thunderstorm had woken everyone at 4am, but that rain passed and we had a rainless event after the first five minutes. Oh, glad to hear that, Val. It's funny how often the rain just clears up for that half an hour to an hour at eight o'clock or seven o'clock if you are in those states where it starts at that time or nine o'clock yeah that's right yes down in tassie true and and for a long time we always used to say look you know always clears for shell harbour park run at that time but eventually it stopped doing that and our friend from over in the west cameron drake managed an adventure all of 15 minutes away and enjoyed a long black so hot I couldn't drink it until I got home. Oh, coffee report. Very good. (laughs) Ingrid Botha. Came today. No photos, but I do have a witness who saw me run up at least one hill. But the big achievement is that I beat my secret parkrun nemesis. (laughs) <laughs> off to the border for the next two weekends to catch a W or two. Ah, she's got plans up her sleeve. I think so. Do you have a parkrun nemesis? I did have a parkrun nemesis, but, uh, yeah, distant memory now. Distant memory. Do you have one, Mel? I wouldn't say it was a nemesis, but when I first started, you know, when you're first trying to do parkrun oh, and yeah, yeah. challenging yourself and there's that person every week yep. that just runs that little bit faster than you and you're always sort of trying to catch them. Yep. At first I had this lady that had this really long, long, dark plait and she was my she was my mark. And then I had the apricot shirt lady. <laughs> Uh, so bless them. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all that encouragement over the years. You'll never know that I chased you for so long. That's all the more special for that reason. And Tony O'Connell, Brecky at Pepper Tree. And thanks, Tuck, for the photo of your breakfast. <laughs> yep. It looked very yummy. That's what makes it such a nice cafe. This is just so much nice food, nice coffee. Correct. Well earned, that one. Well, well earned. And... Janet, Janet Lewin Reed. Beautiful drizzle here at Lockheel. Happy Parkrun Day, everyone. Thanks, Janet. And Bruce Purdy enjoying a massive mug of flat white at Hamilton. Another photo of a big coffee. <laughs> yep, I love the coffee reports. Jodie Maisie, Brendan Peel, and I did Avondale University College Park Run. It was such a lovely park run. It was a star-studded event there from what I could tell, Ollie. I clicked to see how many people ran there, actually. They, did, they had yeah. just shy of 250, I think, and I was running my eyes down that list thinking, ooh, some who's who of the tourism population at that park run. Yeah, it was something else. It was uh, obviously a well-supported launch. Great to see. It always means a lot to the region of runners there and and obviously with the Dodfather out there heading that passion. What did they call it, Mel? I think they called it the Wheatbix Park Run. What? And they called it the Wheatbix Park Run. Did they? That's right. I didn't listen to the audio. Was Ah, that referred to in that? Oops, I'm outing myself here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you are. Why? I uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie. <laughs> oh, okay. Homework. Yep. <laughs> homework, homework, yeah. But it was a, a fantastic looking launch. Well done to everyone there, especially with the course having been underwater. I want to know now why it would be a Wheat Bix Park Run. Is it soggy? <laughs> Now you've got all the more reason to go and investigate. (sighs) And that's half the fun. Didn't I tell you we've got people to do this for us? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we had also Heather Patzel at Mount Gambier. Mount Gambier, supporting our friend Beck who moved to Adelaide. Today she completed lap two of Run Down Under. Lap two. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well done. Was a little wet to start but a muggy morning. Lap two. Oh, good grief. 
and Adelina Trot. Some Westerfoldians headed out to Cascade on Clyde wetlands for a wet park run. Fittingly. Yes, it was very wet in um, Victoria at most of our events. Not where I was. Yeah. Oh, it was high and dry. Oh, nice. But yeah, great to see the Westerfoldians getting out there to support them. Yes, there was a whole group of Westerfoldians that went together to Cascades on Clyde. Uh, and Dawn Brandt and Parkville today, the only park run with its own UU. Do you know about these UUs, Ollie? Because this might be a little foreign to you northerners. Not a clue. Very curious but not a clue. Oh, now I've got to explain it, don't I? Um, so <laughs> they're these sculptures that represent sheep, which is why okay. they're called UUs. Yes. That refers to it being a sheep somehow. <laughs> and and they're all decorated and they seem to be hidden all around Melbourne. And okay. I think there's a hundred of them. Well, that could be a lie, but I think there's a hundred of them. And I also think there could be some sort of interactive website or app where you actually locate them and record that you've located them and the idea is that you find all 100 that are dotted around Melbourne and the greater Melbourne area and I really hope I got that correct but my friends have been really into going out on weekends and looking for UUs. Love it. And I think the time's nearly up. I haven't even seen one. Oh, so there is a time limit. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, they're about to all disappear. Oh. I don't know where they're going. They might might be going to a museum. I don't really know. They're going somewhere. Oh, now I really feel like I'm missing out. Well, maybe they'll come to Sydney. I don't know. Well, that's it. Everyone get out to Parkville quickly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I know there's some down Geelong Way too. Oh, there's the the trip trap, trip trap. Ah, yep, yep. It had to happen. (laughs) Okay. And Shell Sparkles, home park run in the most perfect weather and views. And I believe that was Rockingham. Rockingham. Was that not where um, Cam was? Rocky, that's it. Ah, there you go. And Tracy Wood, touching the gate at Bunyaville this morning. And Tracy posted a photo of herself touching a gate, which prompted me to say, why are you touching a gate? Is it a thing? And I think it is. I think when you get... I think Bunyaville maybe is a double out and back from what I gather. Mm, okay. When you yep. get to the end, you touch the gate. It's a thing. Bunyaville sounds like a pretty challenging park run. Is it something that's synonymous with those more challenging park runs? Because I'm pretty sure I remember the gate at Wildflower. Not at the top of the most challenging hill perhaps, but I think I touched the gate there too. Okay. But now I'm really curious. So we got Bunyaville on the list. I'm sure Tracy will let us know. And we had Steve Batesta. I was RD in Cairns this week, so ran just after 5am over our course. Couldn't see a thing for most of the first kilometre. Next week starts three Saturdays of touristing. Good work, Steve. And I'm glad you didn't hit anything. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, take your headlamp. And wind lines. PB for a Warrigal course. Yay, Wendy. Well done. And friend of the pod also, Errol Pool. Fine and sunny at Palara. Excuse the pronunciation. I probably got that one wrong uh, this morning in southeast Queensland. Yeah, look, it's been great to hear that good weather back finally after uh, a pretty rough time for everyone there. Yes, and I did say to Errol, I think we need a, some sort of report from that park run. It's not one that I'm familiar with or I think I've ever heard mentioned before. So bit of a mystery park run. We need to know more. Well, that makes me feel better. Please tell us, Errol, or anyone else that, that wants to travel out there, of course. Well, Ollie, what an epic part two of the longest <laughs> podcast in the world. <laughs> Do you remember like that there was a there was a song that was like, this is the song that doesn't end. It just goes on and on, my friend. We're going to change our theme music this week to that one, you think? I think the listeners will appreciate that. We're like the Energizer Bunnies. We just keep going and going and going. 
That's right. How many parts do we have, Mel? We have three. (laughs) (laughs) And this was two. And and look, sorry, Mel, you go. (laughs) It's as usual, I'm talking over you. So please continue. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. (laughs) I've done it again. So have I forgotten. Uh, So, yes, this was uh, part two. And now uh, we will transition into our roving reports, Ollie, because we heard from (laughs) a plethora of our roving reporters out there. And, and Ollie, you've done an interview. (laughs) I've done an interview. That's right. Because, look, what's not lost on us is that there are a few things going on, Mel. Too much. There are a few. Yeah. I don't know if you'd call it too much. Okay. Um, You just need to take it in moderation, I suppose. So, look. Look, everyone, if you if you need a drinks break, um, if you want to just <laughs> stop your run, save this for tomorrow's run. Uh, pause now, uh, mid mid part two. No, what what we've got coming is uh, a bit of a, a tip of the hat. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't get in touch with the entire team who are probably deserving of it, but had a chat with Mr. Paul Ralph, formerly of Main Beach Park Run, and still fairly regular with. Main Beach's birthday coming up, Mel, with Parkrun Australia's 10th anniversary as well. We're just chatting with everyone. All right. Well, let's listen to them now. guest on the podcast today is one of the very familiar faces to many who have joined Main Beach Park Run over a big chunk of the last decade. Whether you know him as the former ED for Main Beach Park Run or taking on the Park Run course in one of many brilliant costumes, welcome Paul Ralph. Hey, how are you going, Ollie? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, Paul. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Just, just all sort of starting to sit back and watch other people organise an anniversary park run, so it's a little bit different, but yep. I'm all good. Yeah, a little more removed this time. It is a is an exciting time for Main Beach Park Run. It, it is, and it's that they've got a new ED, and he's all excited and and taken the big role of the tenth anniversary run this weekend. Uh, look, and it's it's an anniversary. You've clearly enjoyed a couple of times at Main Beach Park Run. So when did um? Well, actually, take us right back. Take us. Take us back and tell us how you first discovered Main Beach Park Run. Oh, a long time ago, back to 2013. So a bit of a, a long story to, to get started, but I was always a runner, but my wife wasn't. She was the gym. She was the gym junkie, and um, she was always trying to get me to the gym. And I said no, no. And I, one day I said, "Look, I'll go to the gym if you come and run." And she said, well, you need to find something that I can do regularly, but only a short distance. So onto the old Google and up Main Beach Park Run, believe it or not. But she sent me down and she said, you've got to go down and, and see what it's all about before I I take the plunge. So um, I went down and say it was late. It was December 2013 and I like to get there early. So I was always early and I'm in the background hiding away. And, and Libby, Libby Maxwell, who was the um, event director at the time, spotted me. And just came over and just started, introduced herself, had a chat, you know, this your first time and, and all that sort of thing. And, you know, that straight away, before I'd even run, I knew I was going to be hooked at it just because the way I was welcomed in by Libby. And before you know it, the other RDs there at the time, Julie and Wendy, who are still RDing at Main Beach, and Liz and Roger, they, they were all, all took me under their wing. And, and as they did every new person back then, just a quick chat. And uh, as I say, before I knew it was hooked and... And so was my wife, had her there the next week and 
believe it or not, I still go to the gym and she still does park run. So you're part of the family straight away then? Yeah, well, that, that's sort of what the park run is and, and it's the way it, I've seen it with, with the majority of people. It doesn't matter what park run you go to, they all seem to chat to the newer people um, and just sort of take them under their wing. If, if the new people want, sometimes they don't want that. They just want to stand to the side. But, yeah, that's that's the way it sort of seems to me. Yeah. And did it take you long to try a few of the volunteering roles and to and to find that RDing experience to your liking? Um, well, I initially started pacing. Okay. After a couple of weeks, so I was talking to some some slower people, and I ended up pacing them. Um, and before I know it, I was the regular the balloon man back then because I used to to take balloons nearly every week. And then a few things happened, and I didn't pace that often and I thought no I've got to give back a little bit more so I started doing the other roles you know just the, the simple barcode scanning or, or marshalling and I guess within 12 months both Zoe and I ended up as a run directors more a tag team so yeah just to did all, did a few of the other roles first and, and just then as I said Libby and, and um, Wendy and Julie approached us both Zoe and I and said you, you want to have a go at it and I've just gone, yeah, I'll be in this, something different. And then just sort of flowed along, enjoyed, enjoyed that. The next progression sort of was about 12, 12 18 months later, Libby, Libby moved house and ended up closer to Mudrabar Park Run. And it was just a bit too far for her. And she said she was going to hand over. And um, before you know it, I was the one that, that ended up as the event director. Aha. Uh-huh. How did you find being an event director then? Um very different. Mm. It was as a run director, you, you do your, your little session on on Saturday morning, put up the results and, and a few bits here and there. But it was more the the background stuff, answering the emails, making sure the Facebook pages and the volunteer roster was all sorted. So it was a little bit different, but didn't mind. But in saying that, I, I guess every every um, event director is going to say exactly what I do. But seriously, I had the best run director team behind me. I, like I've I've still got run to well, I don't, but now I've sat down there, there's still run directors that have been there since day one at Main Beach for 10 years. And the support and the, the knowledge that that team have given me over the years, mm. I, I, I found it easy, found it so easy. It, it was a well-oiled machine. Yeah, it, it is fantastic. You're, you're quite right. Uh, having a great team of run directors just makes such a difference. Um, I'm fortunate to have experienced that myself and, you know, each person brings their own touch, you know, their own approach, uh, you know, even if it's little nuances to, to park run there. So it's it's great to sit back and just take it in. How did you and Zoe like uh, tag teaming as uh, run directors? Oh, it was, was good. It re- really well for us and I've seen it at a number of park runs and Main Beach do it for a few of their run directors. So both of us would be on at the same time mm. and, and I generally give the – the um, run director's speech at the the start, but Zoe used to take the volun the first timers briefing. Mm. It's interesting now that a separate person does it. Where at Main Beach, we, we kind of had that already, and um, then we we found it easier with the two of us on because if one person got stuck down in an issue or an incident, the other run director was always there, just sort of overlooking. Mm. And we both have separate strengths and weaknesses, and and as a couple. We know each other's weaknesses and are able to help out. Yeah, that's a good point. Makes it a bit seamless on the day. Absolutely. And when you've got a park run and that's a bit bigger, you know, it's not not as big as your South Banks or your Albert Parks, mm. but you know, Main Beach regularly, especially over summer, between three and four hundred people, and a lot of those are tourists. Having like a backup or a second run director there certainly, I, I think, 
helps if if you're a bit bigger. Yeah. How have you found? I mean, you, you're in a a pretty public location. I mean, all park runs obviously are public locations, but it's a beautiful spot. It's it's got a bit of park, got a bit of you know beach promenade there. Um, how's the community? accepted you over those years and has that relationship changed over time like like everything 99 percent of the people mm. love us like i was out on on as a marshal for the start of park run this week and then a few walkers are there and they're going oh you guys are about to start and i said yeah yeah be careful and they just stepped to the side and let us run through but there's always one yeah. or two that aren't fans of park run for whatever reason and we try and chat to them to, to bring them around we've, we've bought a lot around that were anti-park run that are now park runners but you know it's the majority of people love us yeah or, or accept us and, and i think yeah. that's everywhere yes yeah they, they realize we're there yes. we're there for yeah. the same reason they are and that's to exercise and to enjoy the the parklands that we we run park run through yeah and I'm sure one of the attractions over that time has been the different celebrations, a, a good anniversary celebration or you know, any other kind of event. Any any highlights from those celebrations? Oh, the, you know, there's, there's a lot of highlights, but I, I guess the biggest one for us at Six of My Head, because we missed our nine-year mm. one because of COVID, but our eight-year one. <laughs> our eight-year one was right in the middle of the Commonwealth Games. Oh, wow. Yes, of course. So and 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 Tim came down and we actually had the young girl who at the start of the the Queen's baton relay in Buckingham Palace she presented the baton to the the Queen or took the baton from the Queen and she actually ran at Main Beach and we we, we made a mock one up for her to give a little baton to to Tim Tim Oberg with the Tim's speech for the start of that run. <laughs> Brilliant, but we put a big security scare through them all as well because we ran we run right past the Sheridan Hotel, and Prince Charles was staying in there, and we had six hundred and sixty four participants, and you can imagine running past the Sheridan, which is five hundred meters from the start line, but fortunately the the week before um, a couple of federal police who were park runners happened to turn up at the start line and said, "Are you guys running next week?" Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, we'll have to redo our security. That's fantastic. It was quite a memorable Saturday for for a multitude of reasons, but it, it went off without a hitch. And I, one of those ones, I, I really got to thank a lot of other event directors, event ambassadors around, who who sort of, in little ways, helped me out. Yeah. Like the the, the couple from yeah. um, Albert Park, mm, yep. because they had the the big one of almost a thousand just beforehand. Yes. They actually came up and said, "Here, Paul, this yes. is what we did." And and then there's there's a few, as I say, EAs from around that that sort of put their hand up and and just helped out. So it was yeah, it's amazing. The park run community certainly come come together. Yeah, I was going to say that that's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Whether you know, it's not just your own local community. It's it's people coming from interstate to help out. Oh, I mean that that's a fantastic display of of teamwork. Um, you know, something that we're we're all fortunate to have, but to to hear it on that scale, and and of course to hear that the uh, you know the park run running takes precedence over the security plan. Well done. <laughs> oh, it was, it was interesting because one of the 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 police officers from the federal police, she she actually wanted to tick Main Beach off, so she said we're not going to have cancel it because I'll be running undercover that day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought okay, whatever works. <laughs> 
I hope she wasn't mentioned in the uh, you know in in the brief beforehand uh, named or anything like that. Then no, no. Yeah. Well, it was actually part of the thing. We had to keep it quiet who who was staying in the Sheridan. Ah, okay. At the time, had to keep our lips sealed until park run finished on that Saturday. So yeah. Oh, what an, what an experience! And then obviously very disappointing that, like many park runs, I suppose. But yeah, for your ninth birthday there. That was uh, just into lockdown, I take it. Two weeks after lockdown. So we, we, we'd already started the advertising, already started putting things into place. But, but that's the way it is. It could, be, it could have been worse. That's right, yeah. And how has the return from COVID been for Main Beach? Yeah, good, good. Like, like all, it's, we're back. Well, I, I say we're back. They're back. <laughs> no, we're back strong, strong as ever. It's, it's almost as though we, we didn't have a... A break, which which was good for me because I always said that I was going to step down or not step down. I was going to review my position after five years as the event director, and the team was strong and and had a couple of people that could could have stepped up. And I just had a chat to the the run directors team and said, I think it's time for me to step down. And who wants to have a go? And and Martin just jumped at it, and he he certainly filled right into it and and looking forward to the. What lies ahead? Oh, that's fantastic! Again, you know, great to have that good support. Um, we did notice, of course, that it was a very regal transition of event directorship. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, it actually stems back from when I took over. Libby, Libby did exactly the same mm. process for me. So the, the 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 dressing up in as as with with the crown and the cape and handing the, the crown over to the the new event director to move forward. So, you know, a bit, a bit of a showmanship and, a, and a, like an official handover day. So, yeah, a bit of fun and a bit of theatre for the, the park runners. They, they, they love that sort of thing, I guess, and, and I, I love it. But for those that know me, they I'll dress up, more commonly known as the Flash, but, you know, I've got a Power Ranger outfit, Where's Wally, Santa Claus. It just oh, it continues. Excellent. Well, <laughs> Yeah, well, firstly, which colour Power Ranger are you? Uh, the, the pink Power Ranger. Ah, now, fantastic. the reason for that, there is a reason, it was the only one with a courtesy skirt. Okay. Now, you've got to think about that more. Most of the other Power Rangers ones are tight-fitting <laughs> outfits. So for out of the goodness of my heart, that one's got a courtesy skirt for, for everybody else. They, they don't. That just works. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need to see Matt Sherving from yes. Boo. <laughs> Excellent. No, well, a bit of thought for the fellow park runners. That that goes a long way. Good good thinking. Though. Yes. Yeah. And did did you also mention, was it Gandalf? Yeah, Gandalf. That that was a tough one to, to pull off. Uh, there was a, a theme we did a, a while ago and it was for a magic one and it took me nine months to grow the Gandalf beard. <laughs> So you, you grew a real beard. I, I actually planned that one out, and for nine months, because and as so I grew, grew the beard, had because I can I can grow a fairly decent beard, and and in nine months it was well worth it, and and it was yeah a magic theme. So had the the Gandalf outfit, and and Zoe was all dressed up in in her her witch's gear. So and and a lot of Harry Potter people there that day. Yeah, I I, I, I love themes. Yeah. I try not to have too many because I know that some people get carried away and spend a lot of money or other people don't like it. So I've always only ever tried to have three or four themes a year maximum. But I love it. And if, if another park run has a theme, 
I do my best to get there. <laughs> now, I mean, now that you mentioned that, you, you have visited a few park runs. I, I should ask, um, any highlights? Do you have a top three? Any highlights? You know, if I, if I pick too many, <laughs> if I pick any single anybody out, that the others will be all over my case because I am an event ambassador now and, and looking after a lot, a lot of the ones on the Gold Coast and a couple down into northern New South Wales. So they're always highlights to, to go and see. I've done a few, and like I've done St Peter's, and I've I've done um, Gin and Dara. It, it's like I'll speak of Gin and Dara. It was was one degree, so they all thought it was a heat wave. And like when you come from the Gold Coast, because middle of winter, <laughs> but it was just straight away they they realised Zoe and I were visitors, and they said this is where we're going for coffee afterwards. Come and join us. And you know it was the same at St Peter's. It's the same everywhere, but the, the, just the way that we were treated there. And they didn't know that where we were from or anything when they offered us. And it was just a, a great time after it, if you know what I mean. It's, you just, the, the coffee afterwards, I, I love that about parkrun. I, I live more for that than the actual run or, or the volunteering, to be honest, just the, the social chat afterwards. Yeah, I mean, that, that's such a big part of the morning and it just spreads that community feeling, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and, and the way that they, they grab the tourists at most park runs and say this is where we're having a coffee or and they put it in their their first timers brief and their run brief that you know these are the local coffee or or cafe places we all go to so yeah most places are like it i I remember the first time i ran at coomera park run which is on the coast they were the same just this is where we meet at the the local coffee shop so so you've been an event ambassador for some time as well so um how have you found that experience um, yeah, a bit different. So two and a half years as an event ambassador, um, you spend a little bit more time away outside a park run helping out. Like when on, on a Friday afternoon, there's a bit of a panic. So sometimes for whatever reason, you, you get the phone calls or um, Saturday from lunch around lunchtime when somebody can't upload. It's just a different different set. I, I love it. I enjoy it. It's a, a bit of a challenge trying to remember how to edit results <laughs> when you're not in front of a computer and then you're stepping someone through how to edit. So that, that's a challenge, but it, it's enjoyable. About four, I'd say oh, be six weeks ago, was probably the toughest Friday I've ever had as an event ambassador. We, we're looking for event ambassadors on the Gold Coast. Um, I'm, I'm the only one at the moment for, for, for reasons. So there's about a dozen to 16 park runs in the area that, that sort of not that I directly look after, but sort of look to me for advice at times. And Brisbane had the shutdown. Mm. And so all the Gold Coast events sort of mm. were worried, what do we do? Brisbane have shut down for COVID. And I spent a good whack of my Friday just stepping through the processes and, and helping the guys make decisions on whether they should or shouldn't run. Um, we had had four make the hard call of, of cancelling and others put in a bit, a few um, extra processes around for the COVID. So it, it was a challenge, and I'm, I'm up for the challenge. I love it, but it was just a different sort of day. Yeah. Well, it has been a very challenging time, certainly with the, the extra restrictions and the things that we do need to to manage uh, around that for everyone's well-being. But, um, yeah, you're quite right. I mean, a little bit of help goes a long way in those roles. So um, it sounds like uh, sounds like a role you'd recommend. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and as a general rule, parkrun liked you to only have a maximum of five events to to be an event ambassador for. So normally you you don't have too many to worry about, and 
you know, that there's always the support. There's other event ambassadors and you've got a regional ambassador that provides guidance. I'm lucky not only do I have my regional ambassador, Nikki, although she's based down down just south of you, actually, down on the, the Wollongong area. Yes. Um, but I've got a few up here that are yes. Rhonda and, and a couple of others that, that if I can't get on to Nikki, they're, they're always good for a chat. Mm. Mm. And, again, it comes back to we all help each other. Oh, look, that, that's fantastic. That being said, even as an event ambassador, I've, I've gone to run directors for advice, you know, that don't always have to go up to get help. I can go, go down because a lot of people know a lot more than me. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have the passion and are willing to, to give their time to help out, you know, their community, their parkrun community in particular. So you're quite right there. You know, there there's a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of, um, you know, I think, good nature and, and support there when you need it. Paul, I wanted to ask, I mean, you're approaching, if I'm not mistaken, 250 park runs yourself. So have you any plans for, for that milestone? I am I'm actually gutted at the moment. You've 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 got me. So I'm on 241, I believe. Yes. That would leave me nine to go. So eight weeks ago, um, I was out doing a, a jog on a Wednesday and I and it was only slow for me. It was a, a 5k jog, didn't finish it. I had multiple I had my knee went snap, multiple bidirectional tears in my meniscus. Mm-hmm. I was planning on doing 250 this Saturday oh. at Main Beach. So I haven't run since then. I've had I had surgery five weeks ago, so I'm on the slow men back. Yeah. Yeah. So yes to everybody at Main Beach, that's why I'm not running. <laughs> I've kept that a secret. I've just been volunteering. Um yeah, that I hope there'll be a a superheroes theme because that's my preferred running outfit. There, there will be something, I'm sure. Well, yeah, we'll have to put the call out if, if it's not lining up. It's going to be about three to four months away. I'm hoping to do my first park run in about two or three weeks' time since the, the surgery. Yeah, no, it's a... It's a bit of a long wait back. Um, that must be hard for you, so wish you a safe recovery from that one. It is good, though, being able to get around to a few of the other events that I'm event ambassador for and, and help them out as a timekeeper or barcode scanner. So I'm, I'm certainly doing a lot of volunteer tourism, so it works. Fantastic support. And, and look, um, fantastic support clearly from, from you and Zoe, from your time in your event director role at Main Beach and really as part of the community by the sounds of it. Con- um, congratulations and thank you to, to Martin and obviously to Libby before you all and the whole team there. It's an exciting time. So will you be there for the um, – you'll be there in the volunteer ranks on Saturday? Absolutely. I'm I'm timekeeper on Saturday and I've already sourced my, my Hawaiian theme outfit so I'll be all dressed up ready to go in my own special way. <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't be missing it for the world, Ollie. Definitely wouldn't be missing it. Excellent. Well, we look forward to seeing the photos. Uh, for those of us that can join you, they're absolutely raring to go. But for you all, thank you again and uh, wish you a very happy Main Beach anniversary. Thanks a lot, Ollie, and thanks for taking the time to chat to me. Alison here reporting in for the Channel 5 news crew in New Zealand. Now this park run day I've come over to Tauranga Park Run for their 133rd event. 
Now, Tauranga is a Māori name meaning safe anchorage or resting place. Uh, we're in the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand and this course is it's almost four years old. I turned four next month. I was here for their inaugural event and even in that time, I think I've only, this is only my third visit, so I really need to get here a bit more often. So this course, uh, well, I'm going to hopefully find some people who can tell you about this course. So I'm here with Warren at Tauranga Park Run and Warren was one of the founding um, core team members here. So uh, thanks for coming on the show, Warren. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about the course here at Tauranga? Uh, well, it's a 5K like everybody knows. It's the most beautiful, awesome and wonderful track in New Zealand. If you're ever around in Tauranga, please come past and take a run. It's a two and a half K forward and a two and a half K back. And what about the, the scenery around us? Oh, it's beautiful. We run along a nice uh, flowing stream. Now and again, you do see eels jumping in and out the water. And you do meet other people along the way, which are bikers and walkers as well. How did you get involved with parkrun? Well, I'm actually originally from South Africa. I used to do the parkrun there where there was ranging from 800 people to 1,500. And when we got here to Taranga, which we call home now we there wasn't a program and we had it, got together with like-minded people and started it yeah. and you've been here ever since ever since never moved yeah um we mentioned well off the before we started recording we were talking about different park runs that we'd run yeah not including tauranga what would be your top three park runs well i would say my one would be tapo which i ran in winters unforgettable was that one and the one i did in Fangaray was beautiful as well and Rotorua because of the smell. Cool, thank you so much. Thank you. So I'm here with Peter Hall who is a Tauranga Park Run regular. So how did you find your run today Peter? Yeah brilliant, no really good, um, quite quick so yeah very happy with it. And can you tell us a bit about your Park Run story, how you came about to be at Park Run? Uh, yes, well, I'm a business owner with New Zealand Home Loans here in Tauranga, um, and a lot, of, a lot of you may know, but originally we were the uh, sponsors nationally. Uh, we were with Park Run when it started in our huts um, in the early days and all the way through for about eight years uh, until we uh, we ended our agreement a couple of years ago, um, and I was the, one of the main sort of founding members of the Tauranga Park Run when it started through the sponsorship. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's how I got started and, and enjoyed it ever since. How many runs have you done now? Uh, we're up to about 82, 83 now, so uh, we've got 100 coming up, uh, all things going to plan probably around about sort of July, I, I target, so looking forward to that one. Cool, you've got a, an interesting story that you probably would have got to your 100 a bit sooner. Yes, um, that's true. Uh, so last October I was out um, doing a training run and uh, I was unfortunate enough to suffer a uh, cardiac arrest um, and I, I collapsed on the run. Uh, really fortunately um, it was in an area that was quite well served by sort of people walking around and dog walkers and that sort of thing. It was about half past seven in the morning so it was it was reasonably busy uh, and I was found after a reasonably short time by somebody walking the dog who um, who ran to uh, the local road, uh, main road and stopped a couple of passers-by who uh, fortunately for me knew CPR and were able to start CPR before the ambulance arrived uh, and consequently they did manage to sort of restart me uh, and got me straight into hospital and um, yeah amazing story that, that I recovered really really well uh, to now be talking to you and, and, and running again and um, looking forward to my hundredth and as I say I'm, I'm extremely lucky to be here. And you said that while you weren't running you did a lot of volunteering. 
Yes, yes, that was really good. So within about three weeks of, of, of having the, the, the event, um, I was in the hospital for about 10 days. But as soon as I got out of that, I wanted to get straight back into sort of the community spirit and, and keep the connection with people rather than just sort of sitting at home and sort of wondering why and, and, and all that type of thing. So I got straight back into volunteering, uh, did about a month of volunteering, um, which, which was great uh, and just kept me involved and, and seeing people and talking to people and encouraging others. Uh, and I targeted that I wanted to actually get out and do another run or, or start running again by Christmas. So uh, I came along with uh, with one of my sons on the 19th of December, just a week before Christmas, and that was my first run after suffering the cardiac arrest, and we completed that. Uh, it was by no means personal best, but we completed it. Um, I've got to be honest, I was a bit nervous um, at the start line, um, but uh, yeah, we, we got there and we did that, and, and Parkrun has been a tremendous help uh, with my recovery and in that regard, and a real, really good sort of thing to sort of help me focus on recovery, uh, keep involved with, with the community, uh, the support I've had from fellow runners and, and the run directors here and volunteers has been amazing. Uh, and, and yeah, I really look forward to that and I, I thank everybody for their help, I really do. That's the great thing about Parkrun though, isn't it? You don't have to be a runner to, to get enjoyment from it. No, not at all, not at all, no. I mean, it's a, it's a weekly thing, obviously, uh, every Saturday morning. It's so many people look forward to it just to, just as a, as a sort of a community thing, a, a weekly get-together. Uh, you see some friends, some mates, um, and you're always supporting other runners, and, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're fast or slow, whether it's your first run or your 250th run, uh, everyone's out there to support each other. And then afterwards, you know, we can catch up at the, the cafe just up the road here and have a cup of tea, have a coffee, uh, and really just have a good old catch-up from the week and, and just, just keep involved, keep contact. So it's it's really really good really good and can you give us a plug for the cafe a plug for the cafe yeah, yeah it's a whip baker cafe just up here in historic village uh fantastic coffee great tea great cakes um especially if you like chocolate um so yeah so head up there afterwards and um yeah enjoy yourself cool thanks very much that's good pleasure thank you so i'm with cats who celebrated a milestone today so tell us about that today cat uh today was my 50th park run milestone Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, really pleased with that. And actually, I just noticed you got a book in your hand how Park Run changed our lives. And that's certainly the case for us. I'm doing my first marathon in six weeks' time. Wow. And, um, yeah, both my husband and I are sporty, but I'm a horse rider and he's a sailor. And running is something we found together through starting Park Run two years ago. And we run for you know every other day now, and we've done some uh, trail run, bigger trail runs, and uh, park run is where we really push ourselves. And um, yeah, it's addictive. We're totally addicted to park run, and it has changed our lives. So, what yeah. was it like the first time you came down to this park run? Uh, I, well, the main thing I noticed is how friendly and supportive it was. Was you know right from like, is there any first timers here? And everyone gives you a clap when it's your first run. Um, and everyone sort of, you know, chats to you, smiles at you and um, you get to know it's like a real community and then you make friends and, you know, everybody asks how you're going, if you're going for a PB and da, da, da. so the more you come, the more people you get to know and you're just waving hi to them as you go around the turn and um, it is really is a social community of supportive, friendly people and I think because it's a voluntary run organisation, um, it's got that vibe about it where no one's making money out of it it's everyone's here for the right reasons and um you know we got on into a bit of volunteering as well we do our turn at the run director and um yeah it's just that all-round feel-good factor in every way you know about your own fitness about friendships about being supportive about being a community-based 
sport um, something for everyone you know uh, all levels of fitness there's no kind of like elite group uh, you can bring your dog you can bring your baby something so, for everyone yeah, yeah yeah and how was your run today oh pretty good I wasn't going for a PB but actually a, a friend started pushing me uh, for the second two and a half K around the turn and so I ended up going pretty hard and I was telling him to go away and leave me <laughs> but he wouldn't he said no it's your 50th Bart run you have to push and he paced me and so I ended up pushing really hard so I don't know my time but it was uh, exhausting oh, well, well in one word yeah <laughs> cool thanks very much no worries thank you well that wraps up another successful park run day here at Tauranga Park Run uh, if you do come over to New Zealand, make sure you come over to the Sunny Bay of Plenty. And if you do Tauranga Park Run, you must get to the Whipped Baker afterwards for coffee and the fresh cream donuts. I'll see you the next time. Hello Parkrun Adventurers, this is Mark reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. And today we've adventured down the Hume Highway from Canberra to Melbourne. And uh, we're actually at Laylor Park Parkrun. And uh, it's in Whittlesea Gardens in Laylor. We'll uh, have a park run and then we'll have a chat to a few people here today. All right, I'm here at the finish line with Melissa. Good morning, Melissa. How was your park run today? It was warm. Warmer than I thought it'd be. Yeah, there was a bit of pitter-patter on our caravan roof this morning. A bit nervous about the rain, but thankfully it held off for the start, which was really nice. But yeah, nice day here at Laylor Park Run. And um, what, what got you into, into park run? Uh, I was convinced, uh, after I quit drinking, because I had a bit of an alcohol problem for many years, and um, once I started up a fitness at a boot camp, someone suggested come along to Park Run, and they said all you had to do was walk, and um, so I did a lot of walk, run walking on the first Park Run, and as it turns out, I fell on my first park run and um, I may have done some damage to my wrist but I never got it looked at so couldn't use it properly for about a year later but um, I still come back the next week and just kept coming back and coming back. So this has been a big part of your recovery? Uh, running in general and also joining the running club and having that that big community, wider community. So there's a few people here that are graduating the Laylor Running Club Walk to Running pro program. What can you tell us about that? Uh, I, I did it three years ago, so I didn't think that I would ever run five kilometres. It was a goal, uh, running five kilometres non-stop. But, um, yeah, I was encouraged and went through the program and it actually worked. I didn't stop. I kept going and I actually got a bit of white line fever at the end <laughs> and... Um, sprinted for the finish line yeah, I think wow. to get get it over and done with but yeah <laughs> and, and how does the program work uh, slowly builds you up from uh, say 30 seconds of running uh, 60 seconds of walking to then gradually up to two minutes of running uh, 30 seconds of walking uh, j just up until like a continuous 30 35 minutes or 5k that's excellent and how long ago did you graduate uh, three years ago. There's a few people getting getting medals today, which is this is really cool. Like it's a really supportive environment. Absolutely. Well, uh, my daughter's actually at Aurora with uh, another one of our club members, or actually our vice president, and um, yeah, we sort of divide and conquered because I had to be here for the graduates. I know what it was like to be supported when I did it. That's good. Now you volunteer a bit at um, Park Run. What's your favourite volunteer role? 
Uh, I would have to say handing out the barcodes because you see everyone running for that finish line and, and really that big burst of energy at the end. Yeah. Excellent. All right, thank you for your time, Melissa. Thank you. I'm here with Michelle, who's actually one of the, the graduates today. Congratulations, Michelle. Oh, thank you. What can you tell us about the, the running program you've just finished? Um, so it was an eight-week walk-to-run program that took me from doing nothing <laughs> to running, and it's been really good, so supportive, the team at Layla Running Club and at Layla Park Run, and I ran non-stop 5Ks today, and I didn't think it was possible. That's fantastic. Well done. Thank you. This, this could be the, the start of many things for you. It could. Some of the others I've been running with have been talking about, you know, 10Ks and half marathon. So it's going to be a bit excited about that. So I'll tell you a bit about me. So I started exactly the same as you many years ago, doing just walking park run. And uh, today I think I've done about nine half marathons and completed my first um, full marathon here in Melbourne a couple of years ago. So you'd be surprised what you can do. And, you know, somebody had told me when I first started that I'd be running half marathons and marathons. I'd I'd laughed at them. Yeah, that's me at the moment. But it does sound like a bit of a dream and I'd love to one day. Yeah, look, just build up to it, you know. So maybe the next thing is, is a 10K and, you know, 14 and half marathon from there. So um, have you, has this been the, the only park run you've been coming to? No, I have been going the last few weeks. I mainly go to Aurora in Epping, but uh, the last uh, month or so I've done a few tourists to Diamond Creek and Warringal Park Run lands. Which has been your favourites? Uh, I don't really like to ringle, actually. Yeah. yeah, only been there once. <laughs> well, we're coming back to Melbourne in a couple of weeks, so we've got to find another park run to come to, so looking for recommendations. <laughs> yep, uh, if you have you been to Albert Lake, yeah, yeah, yeah that one's really nice too. Yeah. It's a bit of a distance. Um, Ringle Park Runs or Diamond Creek, good ones. All right. So you've got a lucky lucky prize today as well, you've got a pair of Steigens. Yes, they're, they're very comfortable socks. Yes, yes, I'm very excited about these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can wear them maybe at your first half marathon. Yeah, thank you. The crowd here is cheering in another another graduate today, Layla Parkron. Yeah. Right, I'm here with uh, the ED, Kiran. Good morning. Good morning. How are you going? Good, thank you. Good. Thank you for having us at uh, Laylaw Park Run today. Nice, uh, nice day. Thankfully, the rain stopped just in time for the start. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and there was no wind, so all good. Yeah, no, I've heard. I've heard there's a bit of a, a vicious wind when when running down the the, the this back straight there. Yeah, we were about four k, about three and a half k, four k. It's there's a big big hill. Well, we call it Mount Laylaw, but uh, people just say it's a little hill. <laughs> but yeah, not very good when you have a, a bit of a headwind. And uh, how long have you been here at uh, Laylaw Parkrun? I came basically around event number five or so, so we're up to about 214 now. So I became a run director probably around 11 or 12 weeks into it. So, yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good little course here. Can you um, give us a description for our, our listeners of the course? Uh, it's basically an out-and-back course. With, um, there's two little differences. We, don't, we do the bridge. We do a bridge on the way up, uh, and then we don't do it on the way back. Um, and then we just go around, we, we got a bit of a lake, we just go the opposite way to the finishing line, basically to where we, where we started. So it's a, it's a mainly, mainly gravel course around the park area and then there's uh, the, the main out and back part which is all on um, a bit of concrete path there and as you said, a bit, 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 bit of long straight hills which is quite deceptive for an out and back. I felt like I was always running uphill. What's the story there? Uh, well, it used to be worse. We used to, we used to do the hill and then we had to go up the, the bridge as well. We, we switched that around. We do the bridge at the start now when you're, we have your fresh legs and then you don't have to do it on the way back. So. It's, it's a bit easier. And that last 500 is pretty much downhill. So, and Do you get out and about to see many other park runs in the area? Uh, I've, I'm probably not the best to do the, the, um, 
the touristing, but because um, I only live 700 metres away from here. <laughs> awesome. so, so the majority of mine are Layla or Parkrun, but yeah, I've done a few in Wales, England uh, and Ireland, obviously, back, back home. But yeah, I've been to probably 15, 16 different ones around, but I've I got to go a bit more. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, very much. Um, thanks for having us today, and um, we might see you at um, breakfast. Awesome. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. All right. So that's us done here at the uh, Laylor Park Run. We've actually just um, finished breakfast at a cafe uh, where uh, the Park Runners from Aurora Park Run also joined us. So it's good to have a chat with a few other people. Now, uh, on last week's uh, podcast, if you listened, there was a lot of chat about. Tasmania between Ollie and Mel, and uh, that's where we're off to next. So in Daz's Cafe chat this week, how about you give us your recommendations of park runs that we should hit up in Tassie while we're there? Anyway, we'll catch you next time on the Park Run Adventurers from Tasmania. Howdy, Park Runners! Talk reporting in for the Channel Five News crew. Today we've travelled to Pepper Tree Park Run at Bacchus Marsh, which is west of Melbourne, a bit of a fruit and veggie growing area. Looking at the course, looks like it's a bit of a um, trail course along the edge of a river. Looks really pretty. Um, fair to say that it could be a little bit moist underfoot, but uh, we'll get out, have a run and see how we go and see what this trail's like and then talk to a couple. Howdy park runners. So we've run Pepper Tree Park Run. It was a lovely little course and I'm here with Adrian at the finish line. Adrian's the run director today and also the event director at Pepper Tree. Adrian, get you to give us a bit of a description of Pepper Tree Park Run. Wow, um, a nice gravel track um, with its own little fairy village along the Werribee River. It's yeah, just a nice little uh, path in the middle of town and it's, uh, nice. it's like one of those little um, isolated areas in town. You've got houses all around, but as you're running up along the track, you wouldn't know that there's a house around. It's a nice little bit of bush you run through. So it was actually a really nice little little course you've got there. Yeah, we're, we're on the As you go along the course, the houses are probably 40 metres above you. I was actually looking this morning when I was at putting out the cones at the far turnaround and having a look at the rooftops. I go, gee, that's a long way up. And yeah, you're right beside houses, but a long way away at the same time. So So here at Pepper Tree today was event 12A, I believe. Well, 13 might be unlucky for some. <laughs> <laughs> so you kicked off just before the um, the pause and you've come back into it. So a few events down there. Yep. How's it all going at Pepper Tree? Yeah, pretty good. Um, our volunteer roster is starting to establish itself and be um, getting some regular volunteers coming along now, so that's really good. Not having too much trouble finding volunteers, a little bit. I'm getting some great help from uh, friends from other park runs, giving me shout-outs and coming along and helping out as well, so that's yeah. really good. No, it's really good, a bit of park run love getting shared around. Oh, truly. So what, what's your background in park run? How did you get involved in park run? Um, one of the parents at the hockey club tried to get me involved, and... I then it took a while like most people it takes a while for you to turn up um, I then turned up and so I was started doing park run at Wyndham Vale um, and I'd done 78 park runs at Wyndham Vale out of about 118 or something I'm up to now so only 10 locations I'm not a, a big tourist but I have done Canning River in WA and Chipping Norton in Sydney okay so, I've been around a little bit, but not too much. Yep, beautiful. All right, Adrian, we might wrap it up and go for coffee. Our last finishes are just coming in. Thanks for having us at Pepper Tree. It's an awesome course. Love the gorge, and uh, we'll be back. Thank you for coming. 
Hey Parkrunners, I'm here at the uh, finish line of Pepper Tree. We're just about wrapped up, starting to pack everything up. I'm here with Bronwyn. Bronwyn, you had a run today? You're one of the usual run directors here, I believe. Yes, I am. I had a run today and, uh, well, the rain's coming down now, but very enjoyable run. It's no, lovely. it's sunshine, liquid sunshine. <laughs> it's always sunny sunshine. at Parkrun. Yes, it is. Well, it's sunshine in smiling faces. So uh, how many times do you get to run at Pepper Tree? Uh, I would say because we try and share it around, probably I'd try and do one in two, one okay. out of every two. Yeah. So I'd try and take a volunteering role that we can share it around and get to run. Yep. Yeah. And other than Pepper Tree, have you run any other courses? Uh, down at Melton in Toolan, uh, Toolan, is it Toolan Park there? Toolan yes. Creek. Yeah, Toolan Creek, yes. Yep. Yeah. So how That's many park cool. runs have you actually run? Oh, I'm a newbie. I've only done probably maybe 13 or 14, I'd say. Okay, it looks like we've got to go for a photo, but uh, yeah, it's good to see you out in course day. Big smiley face and yes. lots of cheers. It was really good. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Lovely. Right, cheers. Okay. Thanks, Brian. G'day, everyone. Cam here, calling in from the state with the youngest child syndrome. That's right, WA. And today, technically, I'm adventuring because I decided to hop in the car and go 15 minutes down the road to bright and beautiful Rockingham. And speaking of adventures... I wonder how often other people get out and adventure away from their home park run. Let's find out. Well, today I'm here with... Pauline Harris. And Ollie. Mike Judy. Mike. Well, gang, I hear that you may have travelled around a bit. Is this your home park run or not? Yes. Yes? Yes, it's my home park run, but I live in Nerogen, so it's a fair drive now. <laughs> That's, that's a bit of a travel for your home park run. Yeah. How about you, sir? Yeah, it's my home park run, but I actually live in Mandra. You people are crazy. <laughs> okay, so do, do you get out and about often or is that a bit of a redundant question? <laughs> yes, I, I try and travel once a year, but at the moment I haven't, obviously. So I've, I did my 250th park run in Florence. Nice. That's, that's an achievement. My gosh. I'm very jealous. I'm always jealous. Yeah, my uh, park run today is number 93 and it's the first time since... Uh, a few months before COVID, so I'm excited to be back on the horse after such a long time not being able to, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Um, I'm associated with the Pill Running Group and they uh, today got a minibus and are going down to Bunbury to run in the park run. Everyone's going everywhere like crazy. All right, gang. Well, thanks very much for the chat and I hope you have a great run. Thank you. Thanks, Cameron. Thank, Thank you. you. That's great. Thank you. G'day. I'm here with... Sue and Ian Palmer. From Geraldton. From Geraldton. And what park runs up at Geraldton? Marina Park Run. We're doing our 50th park run at the marina today, but unfortunately we're not down there, up there. Ah, right. So you've come for an adventure, and that's a pretty uh, significant distance. Do you, do you get out adventuring often at Geraldton? We've been to a few non-Geraldton park runs. Out in Cobar would be the most remote one. Cobar? Where the heck is Cobar? In uh, Outback, New South Wales. Middle of New South Wales. That's a bit of a drive. I bet you would have had to get up early for that. Uh, fortunately, we had our caravan. We were all parked up at the site. Oh, OK. Well, fantastic to see you down here at Rockingham. And I'm not going to hold my breath about seeing you around the traps, but uh, I hope to see you around. You probably will. Yeah, we get around a bit. We get around. Right. <laughs> fantastic. Well, happy park running. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here with a, one or two familiar faces, actually four. Hello. Hi, hello. 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 Hi. Now, I've seen you around the traps a little bit, uh, so I assume you get out and adventure a little bit. Please insert name here. <laughs> Leslie. Sathu. Kylie. Miranda. Now, 
do you, do you get out and adventure very often to uh, park runs other than, say, Rockingham? Yeah, we get out. Uh, we've done Burswood, Applecross, Dawesville. And when, you go, when I go back to the UK, I've done Southampton and um, Romsey and uh, a couple more over there. I've done one in New South Wales. Oh, cool. Um, Aubrey. Bell Divers. That's it. Cool. Yay, Bell Divers. I've done one in Cape Town, South Africa. Cape Town, South Africa. That's a bit of a drive. Yeah. Have to get up early for that one. So, so what uh, what appeal do you find in in adventuring and getting out to a a different park run? Um, Meeting new people, um, different courses. Yeah. They're all friendly. If you wear your shirt, especially the run down under, they go, oh, what's that? So you can just spread the word. It's a good conversation starter, isn't it? Yeah. Just makes me run faster because I'm always trying to catch someone. Ah, rather str- than being on my own. The, str- the strangers always run faster than your local, do they? <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, Miranda? I don't actually go to other ones. Just here or Rockingham, Rockingham or Belarvis. That's it. Technically, that's still adventuring. I suppose I come here for the coffee after. Ah, the coffee. Yes, the coffee gets people in. Well, thank you very much, ladies. Lovely chatting with you, and I hope you have a great park run. Thank you. Hi, I'm here with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is today's run director. How are you going? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Lovely day. Oh, it certainly is. Rockingham has turned it on for all the runners here. How many people do you think we have today? Probably about 270, maybe. 270? I, I remember a few years ago you'd get sort of three, 400. It was crazy. I guess it's it's nice to even out a little bit. Well, maybe COVID might have put a stop to a few people travelling, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. So uh, how's today gone so far? Smooth sailing? It's been very smooth, yeah. We've got um, we've got a guy that's usually in our first finishers. Um, he's doing timekeeper today because he's had an operation. So instead of running, he's um, volunteering. And we've Ooh. got some new people that have never volunteered before that are stepping in. First time volunteers, that's excellent. Maybe they heard the news about the uh, the volunteer shirts where we get more sort of milestones for that. Do you think that's an influencing factor? I hope so. That's how, why I started doing it and I'm still going. <laughs> you still got, still earning that uh, Aubergine shirt for Volunteer 25? <laughs> yeah, I've got it on. <laughs> hey, there it is, under several layers. <laughs> so in addition to run directing, uh, do, you, do you get out and uh, have a little adventures to other park runs very often? I've been down to Dawesville. Oh, I've also volunteered in the UK as well when I went on holiday. So um, I had an operation on my foot, so I was out of action running-wise, but I did volunteering instead. Volunteerism, that is a, such a fun... I, I hear there's some people that go around and do that in the entire state, not mentioning anyone in particular. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, some people, they do crazy things. Well, it's lovely been chatting to you, uh, Elizabeth, and uh, I hope the rest of the event goes perfectly. Yeah, thank you. Look forward to seeing you again. Thanks. Hello, Parkrun Adventurers. James reporting in for the Channel 2 News crew. Today we're at Ainsbury Heritage Trail Junior Parkrun. This is my first junior parkrun, and I'm really excited to do it. So let's go talk to other kids. So we're at the finish line here with Hannah. So Hannah, what brings you to junior parkrun today? Um, my mum. She's always been doing parkrun, and then she just um, dragged me over here, and now I'm really getting into it, waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning and doing heaps of runs. That's nice. So what did you like about the parkrun? Um, I like that um, you actually run it and um, sometimes walk and it gets your health up and helps you run better. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for having a chat, Hannah. So I'm here with the host, Mel. 
So, Mel, what inspired you to do start Junior Park Run? Well, I took my little girl to Westerfolds Junior Park Run and I saw how much fun all the kids had and I wanted to bring that over to my area so all the kids here could have the same fun. Cool. So what do you like about Junior Park Run? I like seeing all the happy little faces as they cross the finish line. Yeah, that's nice. Thanks for having a chat, Mel. Thank you, James. You did a great job. I'm here with Top from the Channel 5 News crew. Today is volunteering at Ainsbury Junior Park Run. So what brought you to volunteer here? We thought we'd come down and have a look at how Junior Park Run operates and, uh, yeah, give Mel a hand at all the team down here. It's um, been a bit of fun. It's a heap of fun out watching all the kids run around. And, uh, yeah, we just thought we'd come along and have a look. Yeah, that's nice. What volunteer role did you do today? I got here a bit early and did the warm-up leader and I had a great time jumping around, just getting the kids warmed up, ready for their run, trying to learn all the different uh, things like the swimming and the gorilla stomp and all that was a bit of fun. And then we went out and marshalled on the Puddle of Doom, but the puddle wasn't there today because the course was pretty dry. Yeah. Thanks for having a chat, Top. No worries, Joe. Thanks a lot and I hope you enjoyed it. I did. <laughs> so we're done here with the Ainsbury Heritage Trail Junior Park Run. It's a very nice course and I think you should come out and try it whenever you can. It's James from Channel 2 News Crew. Mel, wasn't that lovely to hear from not just a wide range of the Channel 5 News Crew, but the Channel 2 News Crew as well. I know. How good did James do? He was fabulous and such a lovely little person to meet. No, top job, James, top job. You've got a job. Any, any week you want. Yeah, look forward to hearing from you again. And it sounds like it was a special morning. I wonder if we can build a little crew for the Channel 2 News crew. I think that'd be great. Speaking of building a crew, we have built a crew. <laughs> well, we've added to a crew, haven't we? Surprise! <laughs> we welcome Alison to the Channel 5 News crew. She came in on a Stephen Bradbury moment. Yes. Yeah. Much like yourself, Ollie. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know if technically I'm on the crew, to be perfectly honest. I'm in no position to be inducting anyone. <laughs> Pass this one all to you, Mel. No, but we're very pleased to welcome Alison. She has been doing a fabulous job with her roving reports from New Zealand and in helping us to engage with our audience over there across the ditch. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's it. And, and look, for anyone that hasn't seen it, um, that hasn't seen Alison's blog, in true Molly style, do yourself a favour and go and mm. check out her new e-zine, yes. which you'll find on our Facebook page with a link. Yes, and Alison's blog as well runs with a barcode. And what would we do without somebody to correct us on our pronunciations when we make a mess of them? That's right. It's much appreciated. Thank you, Alison. But if anybody would else would like to correct us on our pronunciations or our incorrect recollections of UUs or other such things, you can contact us on our email, which is parkrunadventurers at gmail.com. That's right. It's all welcome. Constructive criticism goes a long, long way. And uh, I'm sure there are many opportunities to correct that pronunciation. Gosh, I'm having trouble even saying the most basic words. It's getting late, Ollie. It's, <laughs> it's been the marathon of podcast yes. efforts. Yeah, I mean, we didn't say welcome back to part three. My mistake there. <laughs> but guess what? Part three. Yes. We hope you enjoyed your intermission. <laughs> <laughs> and special thanks again to, to Paul 
it was lovely to speak with Paul. It's very exciting to be seeing you know, the main beach park run, you know, the, the baby of park run back when it all started over here. So a huge congratulations to everyone involved in, in getting that started. We hope it's a fantastic park run day or was if you're listening to this after the event, of course, just to get that, you know, time and relativity right. Because it took that long to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just in time for its 12th birthday. If you couldn't fit the three-hour episode into your commute to Main Beach, we apologise. <laughs> but, That's right. Ollie, maybe yes. Yes. there's a slight chance that we might have a live cross yes. to Main Beach. But we yeah. can't promise anything because it's all reliant on borders being open. That's right. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So once again, you know, current context is that we have seen a, a couple of cases identified in the Brisbane area and in, in southeast Queensland there. We have seen a couple of days lockdown uh, for the people of Brisbane. So we hope you know, you're, you're all well and you all manage. And uh, at this point in time, recording early in the week, ahead of Main Beach Park Run's birthday, we're hoping for a fantastic day. Well, I'm just hoping that I can get there. Yes. <laughs> because my plan is to be at Main Beach's 10th anniversary, Ollie, but I have got a few hurdles to jump through with yeah, red zones and border restrictions, but hopefully I can get there and we can manage uh, a live on Saturday morning. Yeah. So tune in, everyone, probably maybe after your park run experience. We'll um, obviously have it on the page there and share a bit of the festivity. But what have we got last but not least? Yeah, well, it has been a bit of a, a bit of a challenge stacking everything into this, this podcast. We've been so fortunate to hear from so many and we really thank everyone for all of their contributions. We wanted to finish on a high and you know, after a lot of careful consideration about how we can finish on a high. I mean, what's what's that word for careful consideration when you've sort of got a problem solve? Yeah, there must be a term for it anyway. You tell me. <laughs> well, you know, if there's anyone to ask, it's, it's probably this person. So uh, last but certainly not least, and uh, just on that, if you do have any questions for said individual please do reach out via our page or through the contact details that he will provide we'll finish <laughs> with the informant this is the informant these are unofficial stats they may differ from the stats you read elsewhere they are only current at the time they are collected with a 100% chance of an error from time to time. One event launched this week at Curranbong, New South Wales. Stalking the Facebook pages, we see Avondale University College Park Run is a mostly flat, mostly trail park run and was attended by just under 250 participants. Overall numbers are similar to last week, up slightly but down unexpected due mostly to many cancellations in water affected New South Wales. We had 442 runs held worldwide, 390 were in Australia and New Zealand, the remainder taking place in Japan, Russia, Guernsey and the Falkland Islands. Down under we had 42,556 runners out of 44,491 worldwide. This is up by around 2,500 on last week. We had 6,450 PBs while 1,642 people participated for the first time. 
152 juniors reached their 10 milestone, 192 reached their 50 milestone, 129 reached their 100 milestone, and 19 people reached their 250 milestone. A further 18 people called bingo. Peter Walker took the longest with 304 events. Jared Gibson was the quickest with 100 events, which is an Australian-New Zealand record. We have seven new statespeople. We have Andrew Devereux, Andrew Cheffers, Peter Smith, Darren Smith, Peter Mayer, Bernardo Palmer in the ACT. And across the Tasman, we welcome Lizzie Elton Walters, who became a North Islander and all Owen. On the most Aussie New Zealand events list, 12 people moved eight spots from three different locations. Melissa Flintjar, Nick Muir, Simon Nash, Lisa Nash moved to 151. Leif Mawson, Emily Steele, Brent Hale moved to 183. Karen Boralia, Joanne Parsons, Steve Amor, Joanne Blackbourne, Jack Corkle moved to 234. In the top 20, Tony Jennings dropped down 1 to 14 when Kathleen Wallington ran a Kashula. Kevin Muller and Jan Bigham dropped 1 to 17 when Robin Rishworth moved to 15th at Gawler. Biggest Wilson mover of the week is John Ranger, who jumped 14, going from 22 to 36. Carol Paris from South Australia remains our highest windexer, now on 172. There are no listener questions this week. However, I was fact-checked during last week's episode. Ollie and Mel had the audacity to question on air how Brian Peters could run more events than has been held at our oldest event, Main Beach. Typical upper management spinning about in their executive chairs, surrounded by motivational posters, trying to figure out how to fit words like heuristic and synergy into general conversation. We'll buckle up and take a strong grip of the stress ball as we dive in. There have been 486 non-COVID Saturdays since the main beach launch day. There was no event on 20 of those Saturdays, which is 466, but... There were five Christmas Day events, which comes to 471. Brian has had 486 non-COVID Saturdays available. He has missed or volunteered on 24 occasions, which takes him down to 462. He has run on the five Christmas Days and 12 New Year's Days, totaling 479 runs. Now, please excuse me while I go and discuss this with my union rep. If you're keen to look at these stats in more detail... That can be found on my blog, theinformant.me. That's theinformant, all one word, dot M-E. This has been The Informant, and my spreadsheet is much bigger than yours.